Warning, the views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily those of Clan Imperial Guard, Radio Link Net, or their sponsors. This show is intended for a mature audience only. Parental discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Listening to the Emperor of Clan Imperial Guard in the Emperor's Court, powered by the Clan Imperial Guard Online Gaming Radio Network. Yeah, baby, that's the way I like it. All this energy calling me back where it comes from. It's such a crude attitude. It's back where it belongs. All the little kids growing up on the skids are going Cleveland Rocks, Cleveland Rocks. All right, we can just cut the music there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Emperor of Clan Imperial Guard coming to you from Cleveland, Ohio tonight, live for me and for those few of you who happen to have stopped by the website just a few minutes ago. Uh, this is being recorded for the rest of you. This is the special edition show that, unfortunately, uh, had to be postponed uh, last evening, Tuesday evening, and yes, of course, on Sunday of this past week. Jeez. <clears throat> Uh, there we go. Uh, the problem was that, uh, yes, my, I know my microphone was booming here. I don't know why. Let's uh, fix that. You know, it's kind of weird how the levels just jump around for, between shows because nothing ever touches it. I don't know. Anyways, uh, a lot of topics tonight. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm just getting my sheets here in order. All right, on topic tonight, we have the review of Battlefield, I'm sorry, Battle for Middle Earth 2, which I've been meaning to get. I actually played a little more than the demo. A buddy of mine had the game, let me borrow it for a couple of evenings, and I played about five hours worth of it, or, excuse me, the course of uh, three days, so uh, I have a little better review than, uh, than the average bear, so we'll get to that. I want to give a shout-out to a uh, uh, actual uh, video uh, website that is like uh, video, um, like episodes of like technology. I'll get to a little later on. I uh, want to talk about that. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to a retiring shoutcaster. He and I have not always gotten along, however, cannot deny the accomplishments that he has uh, helped to uh, pretty much create, so we'll definitely get a shout-out to them. Pure Ponage Episode 10 is out. I will get into that a little later on, too. Uh, classic console, the discussion continues. And I have a few uh, takes on that. So there's a lot going on. And finally, uh, Star Force. Those of you who uh, uh, do not know, I discussed this a little bit of, uh, about a week and a half ago. But two weeks ago. Turothan made the mention. In fact, we'll start with this first. Star Force, those of you who do not know. Star Force is a copyright protection company. 
meaning they may copyright software for games, for music, what have you, so that you hackers out there can't use your wares and what have you and go ahead and pass around. Lord Tiroth had actually pointed this out to me uh, right before the show went on the air, not this past Sunday, but the previous Sunday, that what Star Force had done is they began to ridicule uh, Galactic Civilizations 2 and its parent company because they decided not to release um, a copyright protection on their game. They released it as is. And apparently this created some kind of uh, uh, controversy as, as far as that goes because uh, what they did was they actually took a link and they posted it, one of their mods in their forums posted it to a pirate site. And what this pirate site was giving out the uh, the game for free. You can get on BitTorrent, download Galactic Civilizations 2, and play it for free without having to buy it. So Starforce said, basically said that since you chose not to put a copyright protection on it, you deserve to have your game hacked and passed around, so here, let us help it. And they posted a link. Lo and behold. Nice people, right? Yeah. So, several days go by, and you just know that this was not going to end that way. You just knew that something was going to fall out of this, something was going to happen. It's just a dumb-ass move. Anyways, Stardock, which is the company that made Galactic Civilizations 2, apparently didn't take this lightly, and nor should they, nor should anybody. So, of course, they got a response, and they shot, you know, they shot back and said, you know, who the hell is Star Force to tell us to do anything, and... And actually, they have a. Uh, they actually talked to uh, one of the uh, big wigs over at Stardock, uh, who released uh, Galactic Civilizations, and they ask him. Um, it, it, actually, it's from GameSpy or not uh, GameSpot rather, GameSpot.com that did the interview, and they asked the question, and it says, "Why did Stardock opt not to use traditional industry-accepted forms of copyright protection?" And Brad Wardell, who is the gentleman speaking on behalf of Stardock, responded like this: "Quote, it's only industry accepted in the PC game industry." The industry that people are regularly saying is, quote-unquote, doomed. Most of our business is in the application software market, the market that no one argues is doomed, and such copyright protection measures are not used. I don't have to keep my Adobe Photoshop CD in my drive to use it. We simply apply the PC application software model of IP protection to our games, release the games with no CD-based copyright protection, and include a unique serial number that they need to use in order to obtain updates. What we do is we take feedback from our customers and release free updates to our games. Since we have a database of every serial number that's been issued, we can control who has access to those webs to those updates. By releasing frequent, convenient, free updates, we reward people for buying the game. Unquote. And basically he's saying that if you buy the game, then you're going to get patches, updates, balancing issues taken care of, you know, maybe new content, new maps, new scenarios, what have you. And if you didn't, congratulations, you get to play, play the very basic model game. Which, you know, for free is probably a fantastic deal. One thing that Stardock is, I'm sure, is very aware of this, and what they're probably trying to avoid, is the fact that, remember the boycott that is currently going on with Sony Entertainment, and we had talked about this, because the copyright protection they had put on their CD discs for their music CDs. People who buy the, the Sony discs for, or the Sony CDs, DVD, I'm sorry, yeah, CDs, for whatever their favorite music group is that happens to go through Sony as a distributor, cannot download the music to their computer because of the copyright protection that's on there. Which means you cannot install it onto your MP3 player. And what is the biggest rage going on right now since bathing? Simple. 
the MP3 player. Everyone's got one. So the huge shitstorm starts, and everybody's pissed. And, of course, Sony has to go on their own website and post a, a way to get around their own copyright protection. This is what Stardock is actually really worried about. Now, they do make a good point that in the application software market, no, that really isn't an issue because you still have to have a, a serial CD uh, key in order to get the program to run. Once you install it on your computer, that's cool. I know a couple people who've, you know, who have pirated Windows uh, XP. That's nice. Anytime they try and get a new, a new program or a new game, it requires a Windows update that the XP they have right now won't run it. And they don't dare go online to get an update because as soon as it auto-updates, hell, as soon as you download an update, your computer automatically re-registers your serial number of that uh, program with Microsoft. And if it's duplicated, if there's two serial numbers coming from two different machines, guess what? Your entire computer shuts down. I know this for a fact because it happened to a guy I worked with who was pirating XP and had to go out and buy an actual version for himself. They don't want to piss off potential customers, especially, and I think we'll all agree with this. I mean, I said this back in January of 2004. For those of you who do not remember, I suggest you go to our forums at onejuraborn.com, download my audio article. It is still there, and it is true today of what I said two years ago. And you know what? The Peer Ponage Group in Episode 10 made light of that fact. I didn't make light of it, but they brought light on it, saying that the gaming industry sucks. And it does. I'm not going to get into a giant tirade, but I'm going to say a few words about this in just a second, so bear with me. So Stardock is releasing a game that, so far, I've heard great reviews on. People have liked the game. You know, it, it's pretty much for uh, us Masters of Orion crowd, the, the Star Generals and Masters of Orion and Imperium Galactum bunch, who like the turn-based strategy space games, and that's what we grew up with. That's what I, we like. It's cool. That's fine. All right, it's not an RTS, it's not you know an action game, so it's not going to appeal to that kind of crowd. So I can't imagine there's a gigantic uh, community out there who are going to download this game and pirate it for free. Now, that's not really the point, and it goes back to what Star Force said, the copyright protection company, when they said, you deserve to have your game pirated. Now, I said this before in a previous show, I'm going to say it again. Just because you choose not to have something on your product does not mean you deserve to have something bad for you. It's just like, you know, a hot chick doing, you know, naked cartwheels down the middle of Fifth Avenue at night at 3 a.m. in New York. Just because she's naked and hot and 3 a.m. in the morning does not mean she deserves to get raped or abused or killed or robbed or whatever. I don't know what you're going to rob a naked woman for, but you get the, the idea. Just because they decide not to do something does not give you the right and does not mean they deserve to have bad things happen to them. What the hell kind of viewpoint is that anyways? I mean, that's like, that's like a, that's a 10-year-old's viewpoint. What are you, children? You're supposed to be a company and this is how you operate? This is your employee base? Now, to Star Force's credit, <laughs> they did, of course, apologize and say that while they disagree with Stardock's opinion of deciding not to use the copyright protection, uh, their forum mod was a little overzealous in posting a link to a pirate website. No shit. Very professional, guys. Very professional. Man, I don't know about you, but I really want to use your services for my video game company in the future. You sure showed them. I mean, 
it's the epitome of, of an of an immature child throwing a tantrum. You wouldn't use our business? Well, guess what? You deserve that. What happens to you? Shut up. Just shut up. Nobody likes you to begin with. You are probably one of the worst copyright protection companies out there. It, the fact that we even know your name speaks volumes. You know, it's the same thing in baseball. You know an umpire is good if you never know their name. But if you know the name of an umpire or referee, guess what? Chances are they suck a dick. Like, you know, Merriweather in baseball. That guy's name is very well known in Cleveland because he screws us every time he's in here at Jacobs Field. It's the same thing with a copyright protection company. If you're a great company, no one will ever know your name. Uh, no one being the consumer base. You want your name very well known amongst the industry, and that's fine. If that's who you're going to market to. But you're not going to garner support or get anybody to back your product if you're going out there, you know, whipping out your wiener and whizzing over things. Oh, you should have used us. We're going to piss on you. It just it shows immaturity. It shows unprofessionalism. And it shows that you're a spiteful and invictive asshole. And don't tell me this is like, oh, well, we, we didn't know that our employee was doing this. Right. You know, just like you know, Steinbrenner didn't know that uh, one of his employees was going to put up a sign apologizing to the uh, fans that the Yankees can't play correctly because all their players are the World Baseball Classic. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right, George. Yeah, you didn't know anything about that. I'm mixing up sports with gaming here. Dangerous combo. Dangerous. But the point is there, and the point is valid. Mim's asking me if the apology means anything to me. No, no. I mean, if, if I was Stardock, I'd, you know, throw up two middle fingers and say the hell with you. Fuck you. It means nothing to us. The damage is done. Apologizing for it does nothing. And I don't believe for a second that this was just some maverick guy sitting in the offices of Star Force who thought, mm, you know, I got an idea. I'll strike a blow for justice or something. I'm sure that this is all the talk of his company, and he decided to take the one suggestion they all agreed on would be kind of cool when they're talking at the water cooler, that, oh, I bet we'd show them if we gave their link out to a pirate website. He probably did what they were all thinking. But hey, they're sorry. That makes it all better. Right. Alright, so, scratching off the list of the first topic, fuck you, Star Force. And quote me on that. <laughs> yeah, classic console gaming, man. It's kind of, we got into this discussion a couple weeks ago, and it's kind of snowballed. And I'd like to continue it actually when I got everybody together. Fortunately, it's a little difficult when we're doing this uh, when we're doing this uh, online at the last second. Sorry, here I got folks actually in the IRC channel. Like, wow. Considering I just posted a link up. What? 15 minutes ago? No, 20 minutes ago. The show's been going for 20 minutes. 20 minutes ago, I posted a link up on the website saying, ah, oh, if anybody's interested, anybody's actually looking at the front page at this very second, yeah, go ahead and tune in. We're going to do this show live slash recorded. So for the whopping 15 of you who actually happen to happen by the website tonight, it just makes it easier when I'm recording it because I can use a, a separate set of programs and I don't have to mix the music in separately later. This helps. So that's why I'm kind of doing it live on the shoutcast, which automatically records it for me. That's cool. All right, anyways, recently, speaking of pirate, yar, I went to a couple different ROM websites, and I won't give them out because I know some of you guys get real anal about that whole pirating thing. 
I assure you that all the ROMs I downloaded were games that I do own. I just don't feel like going up into the attic, cracking open the uh, uh, plastic tubber, you know, the the Tupperware like 10-gallon container I've got my Genesis in, and I downloaded the following games, and I liked them. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons: Warriors of the Eternal Sun. I got uh, downloaded Herzog's Way, which is kind of cool. I, I can never pronounce that correctly. It's German, but I'm pretty sure I got that right. King's Bounty. For all of you heroes of might and magic groupies out there, this is like the first one. This is what made that uh, actually work. I got Streets of Rage 2 and 3, which was neat. I actually found War Room for the old ColecoVision, the very first game I ever played. And I downloaded that, uh, and I'm trying to find an emulator to run that, actually, the ColecoVision. If I can get it, that'd be kind of cool. So, excuse me, I've actually been screwing around with uh, Streets of Rage uh, lately. Oh, thank you, ma'am. The Empire at War had point, patch 1.03 released. We'll get to that, too. But, uh... uh well, the broadcast is... It, are you listening? Anyway, so I download the ROMs, and I do... I use a Megasys emulator. For anybody who, who does use an emulator, and I won't tell you where to get it, Megasys is the one that I use. It's very easy to use. It's, by and large, pretty much bug-friendly. and Like, devoid of bugs. Not bug-friendly. Devoid of bugs. And you can actually save whatever game you're playing because it has 10 save slots. Even games that don't have the ability to save, you can do it. It doesn't matter what you're doing and come back to a later time. This is fantastic. So the Baron and I were taking turns playing uh, Streets of Rage 2 that night, which was neat. The only thing I don't know is if I if I can actually buy a controller, and I'm sure I can find one out there, a Sega Genesis controller or just a generic one, and hook it up to the PC to work on an emulator. I assume it does. I would think it does, but I don't know for sure. So if anybody happens to know out there, uh, let me know. Cause, uh, the keyboard is kind of nice, but there's a couple games where it it's a little tedious, and it would be just easier to have like a controller to do some of the moves and move your guy and... Because one of the games I like to play is that Hairs is uh, Herzog, and I can't do it. Or I don't think I can. I take that back. I haven't actually attempted it with just the uh, arrow keys on my keypad. I think I can. We'll try. But that's like one of the, that's like one of the original RTS games. Don't talk to me about Dune. You know uh, whatever the hell it was, Battle for Arrakis. Yeah, I, it's a toss up between these two as to which one was the actual first real one. The first real uh, uh, RTS. All right, Rabbit Fool, you are listening. The show's going to go on for about 40 minutes. We're going to do an hour-long show because we're not doing any commercial breaks or anything like that. It's just going to be a quick run-through. So you got 40 minutes of live show, then it takes me about 10 minutes to put the archive up. So to answer your question, he says, emulators on the PSP is amazing. I just haven't bought a PSP. I just can't, to me, justify the interest of buying a handheld. We'll get to that a little later. But Streets of Rage 2, I, some of these games are just... Uh, it takes me back to a time when, when games were game and men were men. No, it, when games actually worked, when they didn't have bugs like this. And granted, this is for an old console system. It's not for online play. Games are more complicated. complicated. Coding is more complicated. I understand all that, and that's fine, okay? But even five years ago, we didn't have the problems we're having with games tonight, or games nowadays. I'm not going to segue into what I'm going to talk about Empire at War just yet. I'm going to stick with console games for the moment. But it's kind of fun going back and playing all the games that I played as a kid when I was younger. And the Sega Genesis was out when I was, I think, 13? 12 or 13? Yeah, it's when the Super Nintendo came out, too. And I, actually, I had, to, I had to get some SNES games. 
right now it's just that I, I like the Megasus emulator a lot better than some of the other games that I've come across. So it's just fun to go back and play some of the old games that that I you know had helped keep me into gaming. Because I thought after you know the Nintendo came out that I kind of lose my interest in it. Then I didn't. It was fun. But uh, playing a, a Top Gun Afterburner for the Sega Master System, that was cool. Um, well, the ones uh, Star Four. I'm sorry, uh, Star Control and Star Flight. I've got those down for this Genesis. I'm going to try out because I've got those games. I remember Star Flight. I played the game like three or four times. It was weird because uh, it had like um, like a 200, almost a 200 page manual. And the first 20 pages were storyline. It was like a little novel, like 20 pages of it. And then the game was open-ended. You can do exp- explorations, and then you could follow a uh, a, you know, a path of um, like a storyline if you wanted, but you didn't necessarily have to. It was kind of like Wing Commander Privateer. God, that's another game I loved. Wing Commander Privateer. I don't know if anybody had this for the old, like the like an IBM 486, you know, that kind of computer. And I'd love to... I've actually got the game buried around here somewhere. The problem is my computer is way too fast to run it. It would just be impossible. I don't know if there's any way to slow it down. Mike Tyson... Yeah, see, Rabbit Fool brings up another one. Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Hell yeah. I've beaten that game I don't know how many times and I will still play that again. And how many of us know that they just called it a Nintendo's Punch-Out when the Mike Tyson rape trials began? They actually recalled a lot of the games that they had on the shelves and they reprinted it and they just had it punch out and it was like a white guy at the end of the game instead of Mike Tyson that was pretty much like the exact same thing remember don't raise your hand at home you're a retard but I do I remember that so but I'd like to play a privateer again that was one probably one of my most favorite Wing Commander games I'd say you know that was an era man Wing Commander and the and the uh, X-Wing and, and TIE Fighter uh, series when those were out those were like the flight simulator and you know era for me, and I haven't played a decent one since Tie Fighter. That has long and I love flight simulators in general. I always found those very fun and very interesting. I just you know I tried Rebel Assault. That's boring because to fly the ship for you, all you do is you move the little target. Y- yawn. I remember because a friend of mine, Jason from high school. Uh, we would take turns. We'd we'd uh, he had Wing Commander too, and he had it for the so when the CD-ROMs first came out, and we're like, oh wow, CD-ROM! And we were freshmen. I think it was freshman in high school. And during the winter, there's not much going around in Cleveland, you know, unless you want to go sledding or you know snowball fights, and that's fine for a while, but it gets kind of boring. So when the gym isn't open to play basketball, uh, on occasion we'd get together on the weekend and we'd play uh, Wing Commander too. And it was cool the way they had it because you could actually flip flop. Uh, different viewpoints on whatever fighter you were flying. Like if you had a broadsword, you had uh, cannons, you had front and rear cannons, and you also had uh, cannons on your left and right side. So what he would do is he would use the keyboard because there was like 30 different keys you could use for different commands, different weapons, you know, targeting systems, switching different uh, 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 cannons, and I would fly the ship. And we'd, you know, take turns doing this to try and get through the different missions. It was a very complicated game. And it worked out real well. It was funny. All right, Rabbit Fools corrected me on the Mike Tyson thing. He said it was due to him dropping the title when he lost it to uh, Buster Douglas. He says they changed the title before he, quote-unquote, allegedly raped the girl. I thought it was after he had raped the girl. Because, you know, losing the title isn't enough to, you know, drop the title from a game franchise. That wasn't embarrassing. I mean, hell, 
you know, friggin' Muhammad Ali's got games out now, like, Muhammad Ali's boxing. Like, yeah, he was champ a couple times, and that was 50 years ago. Oh, okay. Like, 30 years ago. Levander Holyfield's got boxing out there, and he's dropped the title a couple times. I don't think that was it. I'm pretty sure it had to do with the rape case. I could be wrong. Find something for me that shows otherwise, and I'll, you know, I'll read that. But I think I'm right on that one. But we would burn through the different missions doing it that way, and then Privateer came out. And that was a fun For anybody who didn't know, you basically, it's it was the first game I ever played that had full voice actors for pretty much all the major parts. Anytime that there was a cutscene, and there were cutscenes, which was cool, they would have voice actors, and you'd have the character in front of you talking, and the mouth moving, and all that, and it was pretty you know, realistic, and I, oh, it was the greatest thing. You could run drugs and contraband, you can be a pirate, and then you have to help out the Terran Confederation, and you had... You could you didn't have to do anything. You didn't have to follow the storyline if you didn't want to. The universe they had was was very open, very large. A lot of replayability on this one. And there was, f- I think, four different classes of ships that you could buy and then upgrade. So that was cool. You could upgrade. Like I, I was like the Centurion, which was the uh, bounty hunter ship. It was like a starfighter. Like super fast. It carried four cannons and two missile or torpedo launchers, but it, it had a like very small cargo space. So if you're running drugs or slaves or you're running goods between places, you didn't have a whole lot of space. You didn't make a whole lot of profit. So you would have to take a lot of like bounty hunter uh, um, missions or you know clear the checkpoint of of Kilrathi, that type of thing. That was that was fun. But I don't know. I'd like to play Privateer again, but I have it on three and a half inch floppy disks. When I bought it, I didn't get it for uh, with the CD-ROM. I'm pretty sure it did have it. The problem is my computer obviously is way the hell too fast. By about oh two gig megahertz. So unless I could figure out a way to slow down the computer for when it runs the program, and I don't know that it does. And that's one thing I like about this Megasys emulator. And I don't know anything about emulators, other than this is how it works. This is how you get it to to run the program. You know, the end. Uh, that's fine. What I like is the fact that it actually slows the game down so that when you boot up Streets of Rage, you're not, you know, going into hyperactive mode where you can't even see yourself punch because it's moving so fast. It actually moves just like it does on uh, your console system on your TV. And there's a, a thing in the game that allows you, if you want, you can set the pace so it's faster or slower depending on your, you know, play style. But its very default base is playing just like the game was meant to be played on a console system. Now, for those of you who have been following what I've, you know, the conversation the last couple of weeks, I've been reliving my uh, joy of playing the Langrisseur series, or it was called War Song in the United States. Only one game was released, but it's a uh, strategy role-playing game, turn-based game. Um, you build armies, and there's a storyline you follow, and you get certain commanders. And then there's, you know, cutscenes and what have you, and and conversations. It's just, to me, it's a lot of fun going back and playing the games that really got me into gaming. And the games that I still relate to, I mean, obviously, I'm sitting here relating stories to you about games I played, you know, 10 years ago. Hell, 15 years ago. What does that say? There are very few games today that I have played that I would want to tell anybody about in 10 years from now. And don't tell me it's because, oh, it's because you're getting older. Believe me, my generation, which is the Nintendo and Atari generation that grew up with these games, will continue to play games well into our 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s and what have you. 
We are a generation of gamers and will remain so. The vast majority of us will be. So it's not like it's something out of the ordinary that was something we grow out of. Uh, to a degree, we will we will grow out of um, uh, gamings or, or gaming. All right, Rabbit Fool is giving me a thing on Punch-Out. He's giving me a website. Let's check it out. All right, Nintendo published Mike Tyson's Punch-Out in 1987. After the contract with Mike Tyson and Don King ran out, it was not extended because Mike Tyson lost those days to Buster Douglas and was no longer heavyweight world champion. Later, Mike Tyson also committed some crime and was sent to prison, that being the rape. So, Nintendo republished the game in 1990 under a different title. Now it was just called Punch-Out!, there are some minor changes in this cartridge, especially a little Mac's opponent in the final Dream Fight is now Mr. Dream instead of Iron Mike. Basically, they just took the exact same uh, model of the uh, character and painted him white instead of black. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, and they gave him a 99-0 knockout profile from Dreamland. Yeah... Actually, everything else is the exact same. The closing ceremonies, what they say at the end, their profile's the same. You know. The legendary Mr. Dream versus Kid Dynamite. Even the game's exact same, except they just kind of took out the Mike Tyson part of it. Which is kind of odd, because didn't Buster Douglas have a Sega Genesis uh, boxing game that came out? After he won the title? But this is 1990, so, okay. I I guess I'm wrong. I fully admit it. I could have swore it was because of the rape case. But at any rate, that I'm sure didn't help his uh didn't help his case of getting back into somebody else's good graces for a video game title. And let's face it, of all the boxing games we ever played, that one is the one that will stick in most people's memory. That was great. We'll continue on this class of council discussion as the weeks go by as one thing or another comes up and, you know, the wave of nostalgia hits us. It, to me, it's just hitting me a little harder because of the games that are coming out. Uh, to be honest, I stopped playing World of Warcraft in November of last year. About five months now. I've piddled around with Counter-Strike a little bit, Dawn of War a little bit, and they're both good games. Hell, I've even played Gunbound on occasion. I mean, granted, I don't have a lot of time to play games as much as I have in the past. But that's to be expected. Well, other things coming up. You know, life you know, is taking a step in and, you know, kicking you in the nads. That's to be expected. But there's nothing that's really gotten my, my ire. There's nothing that, that I've really had an interest in. I know Empire at War came out, and I've tried playing that, you know, semi-religiously, except the game doesn't want me to. It's doing its very, very best so that I don't play it on a regular basis, because the multiplayer sucks. Speaking of which... Patch 1.03 came out after just a little over a month now since the game's release. Uh, the game released on the 16th of February, so today is the 21st? Or the 22nd? 22nd. Wednesday the 22nd of 2006. So they brought out this, uh, the patch 1.03 that was supposed to take care of a lot of the multiplayer issues and it was supposed to deal with a couple little balance issues. Well, the patch, uh, a la Blizzard Entertainment, taking a cue from them, doesn't work. Or at least... Kind of. You see, one of the problems was that it was supposed to, everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, a vast majority of gamers are having an issue with connecting to the game, to GameSpy, which is what it runs off of for multiplayer. And they're having a problem because anybody with a router or firewall, which every Windows program comes built in, 
even if you turn it off, the chances of getting the game to run are 50-50 at best. On top of that, there's something that it's a fatal error, it's called an exception error. And it hits randomly, it hits everybody without, no pun intended, exception, and crashes your desktop and crashes the game. Now, the company came out yesterday when the patch was released and said, uh, yeah, because you know there's a great uproar because there was no exception error patch uh, in the game or in the patch, and they said, yeah, we can't figure out what's causing the exception error, so there's no fix in the patch this time around, maybe next time. Then it gets out, once everybody downloads this patch for online play, and then we try to test it out, you get to play, well, you get to try and play one game. Well, the different options they put in, such as seeing somebody's you know ability to connect to you. Well, if you hit test connection, you crash the game, or you lock up the game itself of the multiplayer room where you're sitting and waiting for the game to start. If you do happen to get the game going, maybe it stalls out. Maybe everybody doesn't load in. When the game does start, the latency is absolutely abysmal. Whatever they did to the servers, they've worsened it. It's now twice as bad as it was. Then, supposing you leave the game, or the game ends and you go back to the lobby, you no longer see any games. The problem is that it seems to be, and I counted it myself at least last night, it was about every 10 minutes or so, GameSpy did some kind of hiccup where you couldn't see any of the games listed. Nothing. It would show a black screen. Well, this was never an issue before, but now it is. If anything, they've uh, they've added problems to it. Now, Petroglyph has, has come out this morning and said, and I quote, looks like a few bugs made it through. We're working on some short-term fixes to get this... Uh, get this taken care of. And I'm actually logging on to the website, so if you hear a little music in the background, that's why. And, of course, looking at the uh, LucasArts official forums, it's just a river of flame. Multiplayer completely lost. Thanks, LucasArts. Still no damn stars in the background. Fix the goddamn fatal exception error. Uh, Rebel missions not working. Pathetic uh, uh, artificial intelligence stories. Glitches, etc. You know, this guy's complaining because he can't get on the ladder to play the quick matches. They, uh, they reset the ladder because people were exploiting a, uh, very much like, you know, the early uh, Blizzard Warcraft 3 games, were exploiting a uh, glitch in the game where if you enter the game then quickly left, you would lag out your opponent so the game never started, they would get disconnected, you'd automatically get the win. So, granted, obviously the, uh, uh, the ladder was really thrown off. Well, lo and behold, guess what? they continue to do it. Except now there's some kind of new exploit that they're just trying to figure out. Now that they've reset the ladder and the new guy is like 75 and oh. That's right. And of course there's like three or four post-ups here saying that he didn't actually play. He wasn't actually gaming against anybody. He's just using an exploit that works very similar to how it was before. Where he's getting basically free wins for doing no work. So congratulations. Way to make us wait for over a month when you acknowledge this shit was happening. You finally release a patch and it doesn't work. Whoa there, World of Warcraft fanboy. Before you jump on the bandwagon saying, Well, see, this is why we keep telling you in World of Warcraft that we'd rather wait six months for a patch that comes out and works. Yeah, bullshit. The patches they release very rarely work. They usually crash the damn realms or crash the servers or cause more issues than they fix. So don't go there with me. And they cost you. They make you wait five months, and in that five months, you're paying 15 bucks a month more. At least in this particular way, they only raped me for 50 bucks to buy the game. They don't charge me anything to play online for free. Obviously, because it's for free. 
Now you can say you deserve what you get, and I'll say bullshit because this game should never have been released in its current form. Even with three patches now out because the single player mode, the campaign mode, has a lot of the same problems. For instance, when you warp a ship in to fight, on your opponent's screen, uh, it's a, I think it's about 40% of the time, the ship will become invisible. Meaning, if you move your cursors around, you'll be able to see the outline of the ship. But you can't target it because it's invisible. One, you can't see it, and two, you can't target it. So you have to just let the computer try and auto-target it. The problem is, the computer will auto-target whatever's closest to it, which means if there's a TIE fighter flying by, it's going to shoot the TIE fighter, not the giant-ass frigate sitting behind it, pounding it. That is in the one-player version of the game as well. I'm tired of fighting the computer who warps in half their fleet, and I can't even see it, or hit it, or anything else. It's asinine. That wasn't fixed. Now, I can understand that the, the space balance issues are not that drastic, in my opinion. It depends. If you talk to guys on the, on the single-player ladder, they'll tell you almost exclusively that the Rebellion is much stronger than the Empire. And all of the best players on the ladder right now are Rebel players. And I can understand where that's true, but don't tell me there isn't a way for the Empire to win. And they did tweak it a tiny, tiny bit. They did lower the cost on a couple of the Empire ships. All right? What they didn't do anything for was the land battle, and that is where the biggest uh, injustice and imbalance currently resides is the fact that on land, the Rebellion owns all. Now, they did fix a, cu a couple of bugs, that which was nice. Like your Adat Walker all of a sudden will get stuck if it tries to unload, you know, deploy troops at a reinforcement point. Or, you know, if you have one of the little, little snow speeders and they start to do that uh, that uh, tow cable thing around the uh, uh, Adat Walker to make it fall down. Even if they don't complete, you have to do four circles to knock it down. You know, you know, circle around it like they do in the movies. Even if you complete only half of a circle, it's enough, and all automatically the Adat Walker will fall down. They corrected that, which was okay. They didn't correct the fact that the Rebel artillery is godlike, or the fact that Adat Walkers blow, or that the bombing runs of the Alliance are far superior to anything of that of the Empire. That's why nobody. I, I tell you what, anybody who's got this game, log on to play online sometime, and just look to see how many people are playing land. And how many people are playing space? It is, and I kid you not, this is no exaggeration, because Neva and I have been keeping tabs on this. And I think Mechahawk to a degree. It's at least a 6 to 1 ratio. There are a great many times when there is no land battles even listed, but there'll be 15 or more space battles. The games are slow. The maps are not friendly to, maneuver, to move, uh, maneuverability. It's all a labyrinth. You don't have any open field combat. You have to fight through narrow chasms and, you know, long tunnels because that's how the maps are designed. You know, there's no actual strategy to it. It's like one giant choke point anywhere on the map. You're like fighting in tubes. What the hell fun is that? That and the game, even, you know, with a good ping, moving at a good clip as far as the computer goes, the game itself is slow. Your units move slow. They fire slow. The game is slow. At least in the space version, you're uh, going right at it. You're fighting almost from the get-go. As soon as you go to capture those asteroid mines, you're warping in ships to fight for them because you have no other choice. If you don't capture them, you lose. So you got to fight right then and there. So I can understand 
you know, not too much balanced tweaking going on with the space version. I cannot understand or fathom why no tweaking took place in the land. For me, this was a pretty much worthless patch. I think it was better off the way it was in 1.02, which was shit. This is just a steaming pile of it that's bigger. That's my take on 1.03 for Empire War. Again, my recommendation to my listeners, do not buy this game yet unless you are a real hardcore Star Wars fan. And I know there aren't too many of you out there that will put up with this kind of bullshit no matter how much you like Star Wars or Lucas. And right now, Lucas is going to get on his apology knee pads and suck my wiener for all I care. I'll be damned if I'm going to pay him any more money. After those three shitty-ass movies, the first ones, and now this? Right. Okay. Real quick, I know we're running out of time. We're down to about 15 minutes. I want to get a couple of things in. I want to get my Battlefield or Battle of Miller 2 review in. Uh, also, real quick. I hope I don't miss anything. Whatever I don't get, uh, I will, of course, hit up on my Sunday show. This coming uh, Sunday, the Emperor's Court airs at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard right here at the home of the Guard, the Clan Bueller Guard Online Gaming Radio Network, powered by our sponsors at harborbluegroup.com. You can definitely check me out there. So tune in for a regular show. That would be great. So we'll get anything I missed tonight, we'll get to there. We'll get to that. All right, two things I didn't want to get in. This will take too long, but I want to give shout-outs. The first one being to todaytech.tv. This is a group out of Houston. It's a bunch of college-age kids that are doing um, film. They're filming episodes very much like Pure Orange does, except they're like what we do here. Instead of talk radio, it's like a it's like a uh, sit-down. Uh, I'm to, what's the best way to talk? It's like an info. It's not an infomercial because there are you know, some entertainment, you know, entertaining bits that go to it. But they do things on technology, and you know they'll talk about like episode forwards about. Broken cam corners and crappy pre-order bonuses, you know, stuff like that. Things that you crap that you get when you pre-order stuff that has that there's no point for that you get nothing out of. I mean, why would they throw it in there other than just piss you off? Uh, that kind of thing. And it's very cool. They're starting to get underway. They're just starting. You can get their show feeds. They've got them on iTunes and PSP. They've got them at uh, QuickTime. I think. I think they've got them at yeah. So uh, there's all kinds of different stuff like that. There's show feeds and news feeds and. They're a good group of guys. They're putting out something that I think is actually pretty cool. You know, they've got a blog that goes hand in hand with their episodes. Definitely check them out. It's www. The number two, two days tech. TV. The number two, d a y s t e c h. TV. All right, not a bad group. Check them out. They can use your support. Download the episodes. You know what? We'll talk about it on Sunday for those of you who hear the show between now and then. Let me know what you think. The second shout-out I have to go to, and I know it's going to surprise a few of you, but uh, you know I'm willing to give credit where credit is due, even though you know he and I may not get along on some things. And we've cleared the air since then, which is actually kind of cool. But I want to give a shout-out to Atlas, who is the uh, owner and creator, or previous, or formerly the owner and creator of WoW Radio. Uh, he has also done his show on Saturday nights for about two years now. His, he had a talk show about World of Warcraft on Saturday evenings. Uh, he recently retired... He is packing up and going west. He's actually from Florida. And then, you know, I'm going to give him credit. He's going to chase his dream. He's going to he's going to California to try and get in the gaming industry right there, you know, at ground zero. And start from there. So, you know, huge props to him. Good luck to you. You're chasing your dream. I can, you know, nothing but respect for that. I hope it works out for you. But uh, before you start jumping on me and asking me where, you know, things go from here, I, I don't know. But... You know, I just want to acknowledge he's he's been there for two years. You know, Emperor the Empress Court actually created it and put her on their network uh, back over the uh, spring and summer. We ran it there for a couple months before they had some 
serious issues with their website and the way that they were organized. While radio was not in a good uh, was not in a good way at the time, you know, I had disagreements with them with a couple of their uh, a couple of their staffers, including Atlas, for the way that I thought the show was being treated and the way that the that their site in general was being treated. And you know what? In all honesty, I, I was right, and they lost actually a good many of their show hosts because of it. But they rallied a couple months later. They got the shit together, and you know it, it's, they've been in, they've done a pretty decent job. So I mean, if you're a World of Warcraft fan, they've got I think seven or eight different shows that they run that you can listen to. Uh, you know, so props to that. You created it, worked out pretty well for you eventually, and you know, good luck with whatever you decide to do. You know, there's the audio casting of the internet is still very very early it's still in its infancy now i understand like i've been doing this since like 2002 actually no it can't be right no about 2001 that i've done stuff on on and off yeah that's about right but you know it's still in it's in its infancy people are still getting going you know i can count on my hand the number of very good casters that are out there still and the internet's a pretty big place at least i'm talking english speakers i can't really vouch for any of the foreigners so because i don't listen to them because i can't understand them so there you have it. So that's out of the way. All right, finally. And I know this will make a couple of you happy because they keep bugging the hell out of me about this shit. Battle for Middle-Earth 2. Yep, 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 yep. The game... How do I put this? Um... Okay, well, you know what? There's another way to, to do this. Let's just call it right what it is. The game has been released recently. Um, actually, I was looking at a couple different reviews, so I wanted to compare it versus what I had thought of the game. And in most places, give it like an 8 out of 10, 80%, 85, something like that, where they give it that kind of review. It's an okay game. It's a good game, but it's not, you know, fantastic. It's not revolutionizing Earth Shattering. Here's what I thought. The game to me, and again, and I find this is the biggest difference between my playstyle before and what it is now. I almost always played the single-player mode of a lot of games and played multiplayer later when I became aware of it. Now, that began to change with Quake 1. It's kind of funny. You know, I played professional Quake 1, actually went to a bunch of tournaments and was sponsored, and made some pretty good money, you know, being a college student, playing a game, playing Quake 1. I never played it single-player until five years later. I actually sat down and played it single-player and blew through it like it was my job, which, at the time, it was not, but... That is neither here nor there. But the point being is that I traditionally don't play the single player. I usually play a multiplayer these days. This time I did it in reverse and I played the single player. I was, I'll be honest with you, I was bored. I, the graphics to me were nothing spectacular. You know, there's nothing revolutionized here. I, I think Dawn of War and, and Warcraft 3 have superior graphics. I think the space graphics of Empire War are superior, although their land graphics are piss poor. Uh, I thought this was slightly above, like, Command & Conquer Red Alert 2. You know, again, nothing that I would, you know, jizz myself over. The playstyle seemed to be awfully, I won't say clunky or, or boring, I'll just say that it was kind of vanilla. There, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot to it. I mean, it was pretty much like every other RTS, there's nothing revolution. I guess that's what I'm looking for in my next, you know, uh, real-time strategy game, is something that, you know, reaches out and grabs me and, and, you know, slaps me in the face and says, Oh, look at me! I'm new! I'm revolutionizing! I'm... There's something new here that you haven't done before, a new option or a, a new play style, and there's nothing here. It's 
it's basically regurgitated, you know, RTS uh, cliches wrapped up in the Tolkien world. You know, multiplayer wasn't much different. I think that the evil or dark side has a serious advantage in certain ways over the, you know, good side. Now, granted, I only played about five hours worth of the game, but, you know, the graphics, the engine works pretty well. You know, it's it, the interface is pretty user-friendly. I have no complaints with that. I thought the naval battles were kind of neat. It's good to see some Navy being brought back into it, but it, it didn't seem like it was a lot of it. So it wasn't enough. It was, I mean, it was kind of a... A nice bit of frosting to the cake, but I need more, more. And that's what we're kind of hoping. Rise and fall, or the rise of nations, rise and fall of nations. Where the hell it's called? I did the game review a couple of weeks ago, and Mechahawk is like having conniptions over this. I'm sure because he he was looking forward to the game, and so am I. I mean, the naval battles, just the the video that I've seen, look a lot more uh, entertaining than than what Battle for Middle Earth Two. I'll say this. I'll, I'll wrap it up and say this way. If you're looking for something to take, something to alter your interest or as an additional interest, you want to take a break from, say, Dawn of War or Warcraft 3, then Battle for Middle-Earth isn't bad. If you're a huge, huge Tolkien freak, this is the game for you. It's kind of like Star Wars Empire at War. If you're a big fan of the series and of the canon law that goes with it, then this game will probably keep your interest a lot more than, say, it would me. Me, personally, I couldn't stand Tolkien. I didn't like his... I, I like the storyline behind his books, but I, I wanted to shoot myself trying to read him. I much preferred Frank Herbert's Dune, if you want to talk about classics. Again, that's neither here nor there. But if you're a huge Tolkien mark, then, yeah, you'll have more interest in this than I would. It'll keep your attention. If you're looking for something that's the next very ultra-competitive RTS to get yourself into, this isn't going to do it. it. It isn't. You're better off buying the expansion for Dawn of War, the third expansion and going with, or second expansion, whatever, and going with that, if you're looking for something along those lines. I can see myself getting bored of playing this game within the first two weeks. And to me, that that doesn't justify the cost of buying the game to me. So this will go in my, if I had to make a review uh, uh, a suggestion, it would go on my discount list, kind of like Empire at War. If you can find the game for under 30 bucks, 30 bucks or under, maybe on eBay, then pick it up. You'll probably have fun with it. You know, it's just it's a it's a better upgrade to the original Battle uh, for Middle Earth. That's all. That's my personal opinion. It's not to say the game sucks. It's not to say that you won't have an interest to it. Rabbit fool, what the hell? You keep coming in and out of IRC like a yo-yo. You know, but uh, I try to keep up on these game reviews. You know, I'm like a midget at a urinal, always on my toes. I can, I'm always on these things. I'm always looking into them for your interest and mine in the gaming industry. All right, folks, we're getting close here to the. Uh, bottom of the hour. I think I pretty much covered everything I wanted to. But again, we're probably going to end about six minutes short because, lo and behold, we don't have commercials built into it uh, And when I do the recorded shows because you don't want to hear it, I don't want to hear it. It's kind of cool when you want to discuss things in the IRC channel. Maybe I brought up a point during a live cast. Well, there's only like, oh, apparently there's like 18 of you listening here on this, this pseudo-recorded show here. So I'm doing it at the last minute and it just now posted a... Uh, a reminder of it. So, I'm thinking it is this show will be actually up, up for download probably in about 20 minutes. But definitely uh, tune in for Sunday. I'm not going to tell you what I have uh, planned for Sunday because I'm still not entirely sure what I want to do. All right. Assume that we'll continue the cons- the classic council discussion. We've got people coming in. Um, there are a couple things I'm bantering around in my mind. If there's a game out there that's coming out that you think I should review 
that I'm not paying attention to or may have missed, feel free to send me. Oh, I, yeah, okay, I remember. What, I got to do that contest song. Send me an email to emperor1g at cox. That's c o x dot net. Let me know the name of the game, and uh, if you can, throw a link to the, you know the official games website, and I will check it out uh, quickly. Our Darkfall update. There's nothing to update. Nothing is going on. No new news has come through on Darkfall. So we're still kind of uh, waiting around, waiting to see what's going to happen, when's the beta going to come out, that type of thing. So currently there is uh, no news on Darkfall. Okay, I do have a contest song. I did say that I was going to do this. Um, And actually we're going to make this Real friggin' easy. We're going to copy this right here. Rename it Contest Song. All right, here's the deal. Now, this is much like the contest songs I used to do when I did the, uh, the Amber Score originally, as well as the ones we've been doing for the uh, beta key for the uh, um, uh, Guild Wars beta, the uh, PvP beta on uh, the March 24th. All right? I'm going to play the name of it. I'm going to play a game song. All right? You send me the name of the song to emperor1g at cox.net, cox.net, by Saturday at noon. I will pick one winner from all the correct responses and send them $10 to their PayPal account. This is kind of my apology for having to wash out the show twice now, okay? One wasn't my fault. One was because I was just very tired, and the Shields season finale was on, so the Baron and Miriam and I watched it. So, anyways, I'm going to play the name of the song. I'm going to play the song. Give me the name of the game that the song goes to. If you were the winner, and you have to have PayPal, folks, I'm not going to mail you a check in the mail. One, because I'm just too damn lazy and I don't feel like spending money on a stamp. So if you don't have PayPal, don't bother. All right, but if you got PayPal, I will send you $10 to your account if you're the chosen winner of the bunch that uh, I pick from this. So get ready. Here it comes. Dun, 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 dun. There you go, folks. That is the uh, song for the contest, uh, the $10 contest, song contest. So, again, the name of the game, send it to me at Emperor1G, the number one, the letter G, Emperor1G at coxcox.net. You have until next Saturday by noon to send that to me. I will pick one winner. If all the people that get it right, one randomly picked winner, you get $10 into their PayPal account. Again, if you don't have PayPal, don't waste my time. All right, there you have it. Oh, actually, we can hit power on the dot. I'm pretty damn good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, real quick, I want to thank our sponsors, HarborBlueGroup.com, for going ahead and paying the bills for the Shoutcast and the uh, 
uh, show can come to you live or recorded. Hope you enjoyed. Definitely check out all my audio work as well as a programming note. A State of Warcraft has been released. Uh, episode 8 is now out for download, a day early, which is kind of cool. Again, you can find all this at 1GReborn.com, the home of the guard. Uh, definitely check it out. Uh, we're also looking for... Actually, we're going to hold off. Now, people have been asking, are we still hiring for a radio show host? The answer is yes. However, we're getting very close to launching the new site coming in a couple weeks. So we're actually going to hold off on that until we actually have launched the new website, and then we'll kick that into full gear. So also, check out the articles being released by our article crew, again, at oneshearborn.com. I want to thank my in-studio producer, Mystic Man, for mixing the music and picking out the contest song for this evening. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember, I want to hear back from you folks and what you think. Emperor1G at Cox.net. All right, folks. Bad manners are better than no manners at all. So long, everybody.